today we're trying something different. We're looking at things from a player perspective. Advanced tips you won't want to miss regarding player engagement. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Shop. We're two game masters and a player who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk player engagement, and with us is Vince. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Vince. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been playing for years with uh, uh, Matt and Chris. Uh, we're obviously uh, in the, the Fate of the Old World campaign, um, but, you know, I've, I've a bunch of experience as both as a player and Dungeon Master in uh, various editions of Dungeons & Dragons, and also I like niche games uh, like Apocalypse World and uh, Fiasco, things like that. We're so happy to have you here today with us, Vince, because as Chris mentioned, we're going to be talking about engagement, and specifically engagement from the player's perspective. So in this episode, we're really going to be giving you guys the, the material you need, and we're going to be taking a deep dive, as we usually do, on this subject. Let's, let's start maybe by saying that Obviously, it's not going to be something that necessarily every player really care on, mm -hmm. on the same yeah. level. We are, our little panel here, we're all really, um, we really like to put engagement of other players and of the game masters really in front of our interactions. So today we're going to maybe go and say why we think engagement adds value to the game. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you disagree with us. But it's definitely something that we hope you can consider and maybe we can shine light on a subject that makes you look at it from a different perspective. So why should or why do we care about player engagement? Vince, you're the guest. We'll pick on you. Why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, well, for me, it's very simple. I think player engagement is the one way towards uh, mastery. Um, for me, role-playing games... Uh, Playing a role-playing game is like being in an orchestra. You've got uh, individuals, but um, everyone together, we, 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 we get to create something. Um, and I think player engagement is how we can get to that. Yeah, that's some pretty deep stuff. Maybe we can hopefully get into that. But yeah, it's, it's a team game, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like a sport. When you're playing in a team, everyone has their role and, and, and tries to work together. Yeah, I think player engagement is the way, basically if we do a, a link to a, let's say basketball, it's the way you do a pass to another player. Like you're playing yeah. together, so I think what you're saying is very interesting, or the orchestra, or like, it's it's not a bunch of individual, it's the way you make a team out of role playing. Exactly. Maybe I'm going to take a selfish perspective now that we've talked about teamwork. But I, I think it's important to do player engagement because it also allows you as a player to develop your character. If you're engaging with other characters, you develop relationships and bonds with those other characters. And then you get to start to ask yourself the questions. How do I feel about this character? Why do I feel this way about that character or this person or my relationship vis-a-vis the scenario that we're going through. So it really, maybe it's taking a selfish look, but it's fun to explore those things and engage that way for the development of your own player character. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about that, Vince? I said it so well, he doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, well, I'll just take you back on whatever, you, like, uh, it, it's, it's really, it allows you to go deeper in your character. And I'll maybe link to my thing where it's, 
as you define your character, I think when you do good, like when you're good at playing, engaging other players, you'll engage the players on what they care about, but you'll also use the story, you'll use the narrative that's happening, the plot, and that, my thing is more like, because I've been game mastering a lot lately, I think I, I noticed that when players engage with each other, they also bring the story with this and disengagement, and then it really, it gives me more insight in how they're seeing the, the, the situation, and also it gives me tools to, um, I guess, engage even more their character, so... By engaging together, you also help the game master. So I think it, it helps the story. It basically it helps the story, it helps the individual, and it helps the team play. Yeah, so so these are the three reasons why we think player engagement or being engaged as a player is important. Uh, now, as usual, we, we have some questions, we have some topics that we want to talk about related to this the subject matter. We're not too sure where the conversation is going to take us. As always, uh, we hope it takes us somewhere interesting. So stick around. Hopefully by the end of this, we'll have some kind of takeaway on how you can be you know, improve as a player when you're playing in role-playing games. So the, the first question that we have is a little bit generic, but I, I think it'll definitely spring, like we can use this as a springboard. So I'll start with, with you, Vince. And I'd, I'd like to know, you know, what do you do to create engagement at the table when you're a player? I, um, I think that uh, it's, it's uh, for me, it, it comes with a, a, whole, a vision, right, um, of, uh, of the other characters. Um, uh, this, I'm borrowing uh, words from, I believe, um, the rule book of uh, Apocalypse, oh, Apocalypse World. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, so uh, I think it, it's very, very well said that you, as you have to be a, a fan of the other players, um, and that to me is is key. Uh, that that that's what allows me as 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 a character to um, uh, interact with other characters because I, I want to see them grow. I want to see where they're going. Um, I, I want to see them answer certain questions. I want I want their opinions on um, events that just happened, and I feel that that's what uh, that really helps other characters, the other players flesh out their own characters. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. What you're saying is like you come uh, in, you attack player engagement as. The other play making the other players shine and not like oh I'm gonna engage player to get my story out exactly. you're engaging it to get their story out and if they do the same then then it really brings again it comes back to your team thing where it builds the team of players with all the the different interaction you you can build with yeah, and ultimately I mean from the people that I've been engaging with on Twitter uh, mm -hmm. we ran a little poll about how people prioritize collaboration. As it relates to player engagement, or not player as to role play rather, mm -hmm. and there was an overwhelming number of people who said that they did. You know, it, mm -hmm. almost the vast majority of people said that it was one of the things that they consider the most uh, when they're when they're talking as a group and at their game table. So to have this kind of player first or not player, team first player style. Mm -hmm. really enables that collaborative storytelling like you're, you're highlighting. Um, 
I don't know if you wanted to maybe touch on an example of Vince of, of when this, you know, maybe the Blood and Betrayal campaign or, or, or another game that you played in. Absolutely, absolutely. I have one uh, involving Ludolf, my, my Blood and Betrayal character. Um, <clears throat> at some point, Diedrich, the... the, the <laughs> yes. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Diedrich is a wizard, right? And I noticed that he was underground, right? And as a player, I know that uh, every wizard, Diedrich is a blue wizard, but every wizard has certain environments where they're you know, really strong, really attuned to their magics, and other environments where they're not. And uh, Diedrich, as a blue wizard, does not like to be underground. So, uh, at some point, uh, Matteo started describing his character, uh, started describing Diedrich as, as losing, uh, losing uh, contact with, uh, with the winds of magic, um, becoming weaker, and he, he basically he was throwing, um, throwing up a signal. A, a I signal, yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as a fan of Diedrich, I noticed that, and I, want, I wanted I wanted him to to explain to to bring out uh, the this situation uh, to the light. So I approach him as Ludolf, um, and uh, again through Ludolf, which he's a he's more of a he's a caring character with um, uh, with the other party members. He cares about them. They've been through a lot. Um, so through him, I was I was able to get um, Matt to um, explain uh, that facet of his character uh, and that way well later on it it, 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 it well it kind of uh, evolved a little bit of a relationship and later on it'll certainly come back yeah I remember you saying as Ludolf to Diedrich no, don't worry I know you're scared I'm here to protect you and that just you know they were already close as characters that added another level you know it really elevated their their friendship their relationship and that kind of ties together the two elements that we talked about at the very beginning about why we consider it to be important you're talking about team player i'm talking about developing relationships with other characters for my character and your character like mm -hmm. it can and, even link to the lore of how magic works mm -hmm. and like it's all connected, and uh, maybe something I like in this, it's like maybe if we do a sport metaphor, it's like making a pass to another player, giving them the, the time to grab the ball and, and make a shot. Yeah, do, giving the assist, really. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, great. I think does, 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 does that cover everything you wanted to say? Yes. About, about, that's a good example. I really like it. Uh, maybe, uh, so Matt, how do you do player engagement how do you yeah the, i mean situation? the way that's the most natural for me to do player engagement and it's certainly not the most optimized way but i like to kind of be a consensus builder in in the real world as a as a person that's kind of my default setting usually when there's a group of people so that kind of bled into my characters and i found myself it comes kind of like a comfort zone for me to play the moderator you know when we're trying to make a decision when the group was unsure about what to do next, I would embrace that side of me, put on my character's hat, and interact with the other characters in that role. So I would ask them about, you know, let, let's hypothetical situation, 
let's pretend we're trying to storm into a, into a castle and we're, you know, we're spending the night outside, camping outside, and we're not sure which way to go. Should we go in the back way? Should we kill a few guards and imposter them or whatever? Different people propose different solutions. Me, as, as my player character, I would come in and ask them, you know, oh, you want to kill guards? Is that okay? Why? How can you justify doing that? And then I would kind of turn to someone else who was maybe a more lawful character and, and kind of enable that conversation and engage them that way. Uh, it came very natural to me. I'm not saying that everyone ought to do this, but it, it definitely facilitated that conversation and established more relationships, stronger bonds, all of these things with, with everybody else. It was all fun. Yeah, and I think that's great. Just, uh, Vince is talking about um, doing this past thing when, when they send signal. What you're saying is more like whenever you plan things, uh, often the groups tend to go out of, play, of, mm-hmm. out of their character Mm-hmm. and start to talk mechanics well you are the one who tends to bring back the role play into planning and that really like having the opinion of the characters on different plans is really educates mm-hmm. uh how they are as a character yeah if they can justify killing guards to get into the castle yeah. despite otherwise being very lawful characters now you, you start to question, right? And mm-hmm. it, it, it's that kind of information that fuels the character's development and would maybe never be addressed if you don't engage with it. Great. That leaves us with your favorite way of doing character engagement. Yeah. Um, the thing I, 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 I noticed that really helps is even if you have two people talking, it's not... It's often not a great interaction if there's no commitment. So what I mean by commitment is if two people are just neutral about what they're talking about. So let's take your example of the guards. Like, oh, I guess we could kill them or we, we couldn't. Like, mm-hmm. whatever, I don't care. And like the two people are talking like that, this is clearly not interesting, right? It's better to grab the two people that have conflict and have someone commit to, I am against it, and have someone commit to, I think it's the best way to, to do it and have mm-hmm. this. Uh, and again, you have to know... It, it shouldn't bog down the game, but to have a commitment of what is my opinion is am I pro, am I con, depending on what's happening. So it's it's form an opinion about the, the the event that just happened, the plan you're making, and just commit to it. And sometimes you're gonna find a reason why your character is like that later down the road. Uh, sometimes players tend to want to have like a really uh, a, a character that's always acts the same way. I'm for the good of, like, I, I want to protect people. So the, the, the player always plays the character as he, he's a protector. But it's interesting if sometime down the road, he has an ally that he doesn't want to protect and maybe even is kind of letting him get into trouble without doing anything for it. And then it becomes, why is he like that? Like, and, and then you have someone like Ludolf who's paying attention to that and can interact with it and it creates a new relationship, so it all linked back together. Go ahead. A, thank you. It also gives the, that in, in that example, it would give the opportunity. Maybe that that player just didn't realize that they were doing that to that NPC, and now like, hey, now it's a thing. Like, yeah, why, why, why would my my character do that? Oh, well, it's because of this or that, right? Yeah, and I'll I'll build on that because that was kind of similar to what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. 
you don't always have to know why. Yeah. Sometimes <clears throat> I can speak from my experience. I get bogged down with making decisions as a character because I'm afraid of needing to immediately have an explanation for why my character feels that way. And that's why don't have to. Between games is a great time to figure that out. You can be hesitating to reveal it as like the character's like, ah, I don't want to talk about it, but then you bring it back once you figured it out mm -hmm. and then when it becomes relevant. We've talked a little bit about seeding before in mm -hmm. our Game Master videos. I know here we're talking from a player's perspective, but there's no reason that a player can't seed their own backstory, their own background with opinions or decisions that you don't really know why you have them. You're going to eventually, you're, you're probably going to need to figure out a reason, but don't make that an obstacle to making a stance on something. I find that um, real people usually, sometimes they'll do things, uh, if you're observing them, you won't understand, hey, why, why are you doing this? You're usually like this. And sometimes they won't even know themselves. Uh, so you, your characters can can absolutely be that way. And they should, in fact, it will make them more realistic. And you can really lean into it, right? Sometimes the best engaging, the most engaging conversations you can have with another player character or with several player characters is admitting uh, this uncertainty. You know, you approach somebody else and say, I'm conflicted. I don't know what to do about X. That is, that's, that's a gold mine mm -hmm. for the game master, for the other players. It, it's admitting, it's like opening this door and, and allowing the creativity of the entire mm -hmm. team of players, including the game master, to help you make that development. Uh, it's it's not something to be ashamed of at all. Great. On that nice, uh, inspiring note. <laughs> I'm an inspiring guy. Okay, <laughs> I'm also really modest. <laughs> uh, so uh, maybe at this point we, we've talked about, like, okay, uh, committing to the, what's happening, building consensus, uh, being a fan of the other people to... to to see what they can bring to the story. It's not, it's really abstract as a concept to, okay, how can we actually do something with that? And we're really excited actually today to bring uh, forward uh, a concept that we will explore in, in far more detail later. It, I warn you, it seems a bit simple. And even us at the beginning, when we kind of came up with it, and it was uh, Vince's idea at the beginning, I remember thinking, this like are we babies but it actually is such a powerful tool yeah. so this tool is not to steal your thunder no 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 it's that's, <laughs> that, I, it was a pass go for it it's uh it's we call it the puffer fish moment <laughs> on twitter chris has posted some awesome pictures of terrain that he's built and some of you noticed two puffer fish maybe i'll superimpose them on your faces or something i don't know uh <laughs> that that were in the picture you know it and people were like oh that's so silly we use these puffer fish as kind of like talking sticks. We have two, and uh, the way it works is, you know how the game master controls kind of the camera, like, okay, uh, now we're going to combat mode, now we're going to uh, a, a role play, now we're going to... So he, the, the game master controls it, and, and these talking stick is the way for players to control it. So maybe, Vince, can you give us an example or how it's used more? Absolutely. Well, 
if, if we go back to uh, the example I talked about the, earlier about um, that that moment that uh, Diedrich was uh, was entering uh, the underground and and then feeling bad then uh, that that's actually uh, that's a perfect pufferfish moment yeah that, that's uh, how we got to it really you, you you saw me kind of behaving strangely making a few comments that seemed out of character and you stopped you kind of announced to the table I want to make a pufferfish moment with Diedrich and you handed me one of the pufferfish and it facilitated the conversation that you you had with me absolutely um, one of you was mentioning earlier I thought it was very interesting it is the equivalent of to role play of what uh, role for initiative is for combat mm -hmm. instantly uh, everyone changes uh, their focus instantly and when we pull out the buffer fish the people <laughs> people <laughs> stop talking they all look at the two people uh, the, the two players and uh, it really curates the ambience and it also uh, it helps um, <clears throat> It manages the, the spotlight a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it's the way for a player to be like, I have something interesting to say, so I want to bring the spotlight on us. And there's different ways to use it, and we won't go into details because we'll have a full full thing. But just know that it's great for spotlight. It's it. We talked about interrupt uh, last roleplay chat. Yeah. It's kind of like we said, uh, oh, you can use interrupt to switch from exploration to roleplay to combat. Like you said, it's the role initiative, so it's like the way to switch to indicate to everybody we are now in role play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes at the table, there's a lot of crosstalk. It's a way to just mm -hmm. shut that and concentrate on an interesting scene. Yeah, I, I, not to keep talking about the pufferfish, but I think it was one of the best decisions we made, and it allowed me to take all of this nebulous, all these nebulous concepts about role play, about engaging other players being an active listener it it gave me something to latch on to as a player so i would encourage you if, if this is something that speaks to you you know i want to be a better role player i want to be a better player character i want to be i want to level up my gameplay as a player character maybe bring this up to your game master say i'd like to formalize role play with talking sticks or with a puffer fish moment <laughs> Uh, and, and tell us how that goes. I'd actually, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Maybe yeah. we'll link the Amazon link to those those dryer balls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're dryer balls? Yeah, they're dryer balls. Um, yeah, and it's again. I I just want to emphasize that it looks silly. Like it sounds silly. It sounds simple, but it's it's very powerful. And just the idea that like it is silly, um, but if you can get everyone on board, it it means that uh, you know. It, we're doing this silly thing, but we're all very serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe we shouldn't spend more time on this because we'll do a, do a deep dive in how we use them and how powerful they are in different situations and depending on the maybe some players uh, you have at your table. But for now, let's see how this is a tool we can use to engage players. So mm -hmm. we kind of mentioned a little, little bit, like just taking the ball, giving it to someone else, it just indicates I'm engaging with you right now. We're having a scene. We're committed. And that can sometimes be intimidating. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, so this is maybe my PSA moment. <laughs> uh, before you embark on this adventure of becoming a better role player with the rest of the people at your table, 
I think it's worth noting that not everybody wants to do this. Not everybody prioritizes role play. There's a lot of different tables, including our own, where only a percentage of the people there want to really be this invested in role play. Maybe they don't feel comfortable having the spotlight or, or having that, that intimate moment. Um, so just maybe have that conversation. Uh, Vince, you, you kind of put this very eloquently when we talked about this earlier today. I don't know if you want to help me out in this <laughs> explanation. Um, absolutely. Like, there's all kinds of players, right? Um, and it's fine. Uh, some player, players prefer combat, others really like roleplay. It's okay. And that's a, a conversation that uh, you should have uh, outside the table, uh, outside the game. Um, hey, uh, is it okay if uh, I, I, I had the, this idea for your character? Like, especially, let's say you have a, a new player uh, starting out. That's the perfect example. Like, how can you know what their, uh, what their expectations are? Do they just want RDG to hear for, like, combat or for fun? Or are you, mm -hmm. could you be maybe interested in role-playing? Um, so, absolutely. So, talk to them outside of the, of the game and figure it out with them. You can even plan pufferfish pu moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's very interesting. Like, for new players, if you're, like, okay... What's what for fate? We have aspects for D and D. There might be uh, the bonds, the, the blondes, and everything. Mm -hmm. That that's a good anchor to start. And you can be like, okay, tell me your your bond. Okay, I would like to have a scene with you today. Uh, I will. You explain a puffer fish. Well, that's what we would do. We would explain like, once I put that in front of you, we'll have a scene together, and I will tell. I would ask you. You can even be like, I will ask you this question, or I will engage you with on that subject. Maybe think of something to say and then you do that scene and uh, at one point it becomes you'll need less and less prep and mm -hmm. for us it, it's right. almost natural yeah. now but it's, yeah you definitely want to get someone's permission before you you go ahead and mm -hmm. and ask them something that might make them feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh i guess i'm gonna get, i kind of slowly segue into something mm -hmm. else are yeah. you guys okay with me yeah. Doing that? yeah yeah um this kind of also brings makes me think about just when you're playing a character, you're not playing yourself. Neither are the other people at the table. So it's it's important that when you're making these decisions, I guess, or your your stances, your opinions, the character's opinions about a certain situation, that everybody at the table is on the same page. That that's not you. You're not upset at me if you say something. You're upset with the other character and we're going to work together to make a dramatic moment yeah. in the game that we can work through in the game as characters um that's that's another way pufferfish moments are so powerful because mm -hmm. before we had those let's say uh matt wanted to use to say that diedrich has a contradictory opinion mm -hmm. he would maybe go into character and say something but the other person on the other side, the player could think, is it Matt saying that my plan is stupid through his character? Or is it Diedrich's uh, opinion on the situation? Well, using this pufferfish moment clearly indicates I'm now in character and whatever I say mm -hmm. is not Matt. It's, it's part of the scene. It's part of the scene. So, um, it's again, you still have to make sure people know when I'm being rude to you, for example. Obviously, we already talked about the fact that players to players try to not like 
oppose a lot and fight all the time. But that apart, you can have differences of opinion and that build drama. Or it could even be with NPCs. Mm -hmm. But um, putting those puffer fish means we're we're in character. It's it's, it's no longer the player. Uh, little you mentioned NPCs. Mm -hmm. uh, just quickly, that everything we were saying about, um, like you could have a, a puffer fish moment, moment with an NPC almost. Mm -hmm. um, And especially like as a player, like NPCs are, are like they start out really like simple, but as a player, you can kind of build your own NPCs mm -hmm. and kind of feed them and, and create a relationship with them, which which fleshes out the NPC and maybe uh, his organization, everything around that specific NPC. So you, that's why you can really affect uh, the world and engaging in that way kind of again ties into why it's so important or why we enjoy it so much right if, mm -hmm. if you're contributing to the creation of an npc by engaging with it by providing the game master content meat to to take and, and manipulate or, or mold rather it's it makes the game more fun for everyone um i might change subjects yeah. quickly here guys mm -hmm. um we talked about Again, these nebulous things, the Pufferfish moment is a good tool to enable engagement with other players as a player character or with NPCs. But something that I've, I've been wondering about a lot lately is just how frequent is too frequent? Uh, what kind of timing? Like, we're slowly learning when to do it. Uh, maybe, Vince, would you like to, to talk a little bit about that? About when to use these one-on-one -on -one moments or the, this kind of engagement? Well... And your, mile, your mileage may vary, right? Uh, it depends. It goes back to who, what what players are playing playing with. What's everybody's tolerances? Like if, if you're you know, if you're two out of five that really like it, then it's not the same as if everyone is super into it, right? Mm -hmm. But that being said, uh, there's specific moments that are like classic moments, such as traveling scenes, because um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of dry sometimes if if nothing happens, right? Because, uh, uh, like, oh, well, you arrived to, to the village. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if I can maybe just cut yeah. there. Uh, it It is instinctive in movies. Those scenes where people travel, there's often a scene of, like, a camera going for other oh, two people at the back are talking, and then we move to the other two people that are in the front, and we go through different couple. So mm -hmm. what we try to do is if we're, if we're five people, we'll try to, like, pair up, pair up, and maybe the game master with the other player mm -hmm. will pair up because there's an NPC or something like that. We'll have two, maybe three, mm -hmm. and and then we'll move on. So I think you, what you're saying with traveling, it, it's yeah. one of the, mm -hmm. the great use of uh, these player engagement moments. Absolutely. And, I mean, travel is one in one place to use it, but I'm also finding that we're, we're, as players, starting to get the hang of the pace of the game yes. as well. You know, if there was a really intense combat moment of sorts mm -hmm. it's maybe a good time for us to, to help the game master out by adding in some role play between a couple of characters to for one to develop the story further to talk about what's been going on but also to shift that pillar as the game master prepares to do some kind of exploration or to do some kind of investigation um, it, it kind of helps break up the monotony of doing cleanser. the same thing mm -hmm. So something you, you kind of touched a little bit on is the fact that if there's events going uh, 
yeah, there's this shift in the pillars, like we talked in interrupts. But uh, these are great source to have pufferfish moments. Mm -hmm. If someone got badly wounded, to have an, a relationship between maybe the healer and the person that's badly wounded and have that moment of like, are you okay? You got mm -hmm. beat up pretty bad. And the other one being like, why am I always in the front? And why am I... Why did we got am we got ambushed? We should be more careful next time, or something like that. Or an NPC dies, or they they they, they fulfill a mission they've been wanting to they've been working on for a while. Or you get a new artifact. It's like, oh, do you like your new shield? It can be as simple as this. But if the character, if the player wants this shield to become a defining factor in his character, then that's great to be like, you're hey, you spent a lot of money on this, like. Do you like it? Oh yeah! Did you see the the gold? Anyway, you you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Use events, and that's gonna show also the game master what's mm. interesting to you. And if I can take that and run with it a little bit, Chris, when you're saying taking events, part of this ties into the frequency of of using these these moments and, and this kind of engagement as well. As a player, you need to act timely in mm -hmm. your engagement. If an NPC were to die, and the next pufferfish moment you have with someone is about, I don't know, your, your pet horse, <laughs> or your pet pony, it, like, it kind of sends these messages to the game master that, you know, I don't, my character doesn't really care very much about the death of this NPC. I know you, maybe you do, but you're subliminally, you're telling everybody at the table, the thing that I want to talk about the most right now is not the death of the NPC that I've been talking to for the past 15 games. It's my new found pony friend. So it's, mm -hmm. it's trying to just to be conscious of that. Maybe it's something you want to do, maybe something you don't want to do, but, but just be aware that if you're having these moments, make them relevant to what's going on. Otherwise, it sends a different message. Yeah, be before we had this tool, what would happen sometimes is something dramatic would happen and people would know how their character feel about it. And then as a game master, I would see people move on to something else and I would be like, oh, I didn't see the character react. And then after the game, people would talk like, oh, this happened. It was crazy. And mm -hmm. like, oh, my character feels like, like it created this on my character and I noticed that it was not explicit in the game and those puffer fish just brings it out. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep talking about this because I'm going to take an example from our most recent Blood and Betrayal video. Um, we're going to link it up here. And it was, it, was it the most recent one? I actually don't. I don't know what you're yes, going to say. Yes, yes, so. yes. It's about the letter. So Diedrich has a letter that his master gave him. And... In that time of the game, Diedrich had just revealed himself to the rest of the players that he was a blue wizard. It was the first time that anybody on the party knew that he was a magic user. And that was a pretty, I thought, a pretty big deal. And I remember hearing some of the players in character say things like, oh, like, is, is, he, is he who he says he is? Like, they, they weren't sure. Like, how does he know this stuff about magic? Like, mm -hmm. there was some doubt there. And... In, in, our, in our video, I explained that I kind of took that to heart and therefore decided to keep my letter to myself a little bit longer than maybe I should have. Mm 
Mm. Now, now that I'm a better player, and I know that the other players at the table are better players, I could have maybe more committed. obviously committed to that stance and made it clear to the rest of the group that Diedrich is feeling neglected by what you by your feelings and hope that someone captures that and maybe addresses it <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that you ought to have done that because I didn't I didn't send the signal out but I didn't that was pretty the, early too it was pretty early <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a good enough player to know that I have to do that mm-hmm. um, yeah I was there so, so I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> <laughs> that that's another example of taking information, making it timely, and, and trying to move your character forward. And if we go back to you saying like, oh, I'm the kind of player, like, story should be about me, that's, that's it, right? It's using events to bring out your character so that other people can pick it up. I think we've done beating the horse here. Yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> everything. Ponies. <laughs> Great. Well, I think there was a very fun um, conversation. Thank you, Vince, for joining us. Thanks for having me. He uh, he's kind of like the source of a, a lot of things in this. Like we really like how he uh, brings this player engagement to the table. So we're glad he was here. Um, do, do you have anything to any final thoughts on the subject before we kind of close the show out? Absolutely, I think uh, any player that 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 plays uh, role playing games seriously is at some point, uh, it, whether it's combat or anything, you, you're gonna want to hone your craft. If you're at all in, interested in role play, um, what we talked about today, uh, I consider it. Um, I think it could help you a lot. Absolutely, um, and just just to kind of wrap it all together, so we talked about player engagement. We talked about why we think it's important, and most of it relates to, it. you know, it increases your involvement as a team together. It increases your character's relationships with everybody around, and it increases their, your character's involvement with the lore, with the world, with, with the setting that you're playing in. So it really, overall, it elevates and interconnects all of the aspects of the game in a fun and challenging way. Yeah, and we provided a tool that we've been using and work with commitment, being fan of the other players, and building consensus as ways to um, kind of arrange this player engagement in a more structured way and facilitate this interaction. So look forward to our video on pufferfish moments (laughs) and how they can help your game. I hope that this video was was fun and that you that you liked it um if you want to reach out to us you can do that by contacting us on twitter oh man i'm gonna have to change where the thing goes yeah it's white yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway you can contact us on twitter at, at role underscore play underscore chat or we have an email and the email is contact at gmail.com and vince do you have anything that you'd like to say just as we sign off. What's your sign off, Vince? Thanks for having me, and uh, keep keep on role playing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's everything for today, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's roll. Let's go. Oh, Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's try that again. <laughs> That's all for today, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat.